from WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. Welcome. I'm Warren Odestulet, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. Welcome to A Baha'i Perspective. I recorded an interview with David Hunt on August 28, 2017. David is a singer-songwriter with two published albums. His first album is called The Earth and the Eagle, and his second album is called Live at Erica's. We feature selections from both albums in the interview, plus one piece yet to be recorded. You can find his music at davidhuntmusic.com. I started the interview by asking David where he grew up and what was religious life like growing up. I grew up in Lafayette, Indiana. Those are my earliest memories. Religious life in Lafayette. We had a small Baha'i community, and I remember a lot of things from that, actually. I remember my mother reading to me from a book about the early history of the Baha'i faith called The Green Years. Uh, That was as a child. I remember my child's prayer book with some very small prayers for children, kind of simple line drawings inside, liked that book. And I remember things like children's classes and summer schools and conventions and picnics. I remember we used to go to feast every Baha'i month, and the feast would be held in people's homes. At some point in the feast, so we all the children would stay in for the first bit of the feast while they were reading prayers and so forth. And then came the administrative portion of the feast when the adults would talk about boring things and the kids got to go outside and play. And that was always a very nice time for me. So I remember a a lot of things about that time growing up, the sense of community that I had growing up in that small Baha'i community in the Midwest. When was it that your parents became Baha'is? My parents became Baha'is, I think it was just before I was born or around the time I was born. I don't remember a time when my parents weren't Baha'is. One of the basic principles of the Baha'i faith is the independent investigation of truth. Right. And for Baha'i youth, they're expected at a certain time, in some ways, declare their independence and declare their faith themselves independent of their parents. And I'm just wondering, at what point did you claim the faith as your own versus it being a faith that you just grew up in with your mom and dad? Yeah, I often make this distinction. Growing up as a child was just sort of my faith, and that was just it. And then as I was entering my teen years, I was still called myself a Baha'i, but I didn't really know all that much about it, and I wasn't really involved in the faith at all. I remember (laughs) we had moved to Oregon when I was 11. We went to the Oregon Baha'i summer camp, which is called Badasht, which is named after a conference in the history of the faith. So we'd gone to the summer camp. One of the people who was our one of our closest friends in Oregon since we had moved here said, you know, David, you should go to this other summer camp for youth. And I said, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. And he said, I think you should really go. And so I said, well, okay. So I basically kind of 
flipped a coin to decide whether to go to this other camp. And it came up that I should go. That was around 1989, 1990. We had these summer teaching projects in Oregon where the youth would go on these extended summer teaching projects, travel to different areas and, and basically do whatever the community was doing. They would help out with those things. This youth camp came at the end of that summer teaching project and everyone was really fired up about this stuff. It was really incredible. It had several hundred people just on a private stretch of land out in the middle of the wilderness somewhere. I remember feeling like I was accepted in a way that I hadn't ever felt before and that I was excited about things in a way that I wasn't, had never felt before. And uh, my dad came to pick me up from this camp and I basically said, Dad, I want to join the teaching projects. And what had happened was that this year they had decided to do a full-time teaching team. They'd set this all up and they were recruiting people for this thing at this youth camp because it was in August. My dad came, I said, I want to join this thing. And he said, all right, we'll talk about it when we get home. Long story short, we got home and we talked about it. My parents decided that, yeah, I should be allowed to join this thing. Even though I was only 15 and it was supposed to be in school and all those kind of things, I said, well, this is important. We're going to let you take some time off to do this. So I joined this full-time teaching team in Washington State at the time. We lived in Oregon, but I went to the Washington team. I don't remember why. Maybe it was just to get a little farther away from home to assert my independence at a young age. That's when my real involvement with the faith started. It was funny, a couple of years later, when I signed my declaration card to declare that I was a Baha'i, I apparently had never done that. And I was trying to register for the World Congress in 1992. And I was at my friend's house, and one of the fields on the form was Baha'i ID number. And I said, how do you know your Baha'i ID number? And they said, well, you look, it's right on your Baha'i card. And I said, what Baha'i card? <laughs> it became apparent that I had never actually registered for the faith. So I was yeah. speaking with David Hunt, and we're going to feature his music during the interview. And speaking of which, David, when did music enter into your world? You know, it was the same time, actually, as I joined this teaching team. One of the things that these teams did is that they gave performances, like in schools and for various groups and, and things. And we performed, we sang songs about world unity and racial harmony and those kinds of things. And the team in Washington didn't have a guitar player, and, and my dad had a guitar, so I was kind of drafted. <laughs> and I started playing music, and there was one other guy on the team who also started playing guitar at the same time. I took to it pretty quickly. Yeah, that's when I started music. And you started writing music at the same time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the first things that I wanted to do when I started music was to write. I always had ideas about things that I wanted. In fact... I shouldn't say that was, that was my first musical experience. In Growing up, I was in choirs and things like that. And I remember at a Baha'i camp when I was like eight or nine, I wrote a song about how we did camp stuff and, you know, the eight or nine-year-old group sang the song or something like that. So I had done some music before, but it was never really a big part of my life until the team, yeah. So I'm speaking with David Hunt, who's a musician and who produced the CD, The Earth and the Eagle. And so that was your first CD, David. What inspired you to create this first CD? I think I'd been working on recording music for several years at that point. That was in 2002. And I had been recording music off and on, trying to do some things for about eight years at that point, since 96, I believe. 
not really focused, but I just decided in 2002 that I would, you know, get this thing together and, and pull everything together and make a product. And I was thinking of having music as a career, which is a very difficult thing to do. But that was my plan at the point. So I got everything together and worked temp jobs to get the money to go into recording studio, you know, like you do when you're young. Yeah. I really wanted to put something out there with the music that I'd written over the years. And the title track of your CD, also called The Earth and the Eagle, so we'll play that one. Tell us what inspired you to write that song and what should we be listening for when we hear the song? This I remember very clearly. We were hiking in the Columbia River Gorge and I was hiking with some friends there. And I saw uh, this beautiful little... uh, butterfly coming down and just floating around and I thought to myself boy wouldn't it be nice if people were more like these butterflies they're so gentle they're so soft and you never hear of a butterfly going on a rampage and killing 10 innocent people and causing havoc in the world or something like that and on the flip side hearing of humans doing those kinds of things is is all too common and I thought wouldn't it be nice if we could just exist in that very peaceful way. But as I was thinking about these things, I remembered that we have these capabilities inside ourselves to do great things, because you also never hear of a butterfly doing great things. They pretty much just float around in our little pieces of beauty in the world, which is wonderful. I love butterflies. But at the same time, we human beings were created to manifest the strength and power and wisdom and knowledge and truthfulness all of these qualities of God that have been put inside us potentially, those are our true heritage, the strength to will this world to be better than it is. The song is kind of a meditation on the ability to do things, what we should use that ability for. So this is called The Earth and the Eagle. This weight I carry around deep inside me Makes it harder to fly free So fly, little one, fly You're the answer to the prayers Of every saint that longed to die No earthly things on your clean, tiny wings Made only of virtue and the sky So fly, little one,
eagle rises up above to remind me I'm the one that makes the wind There's no strength without the strength to deny you There's no power without the power to sin So fly, noble one, fly Look above the world within you You can go higher if you try No earthly things on your clean, mighty wings Now you know the one who made the sky So fly, little one, fly speaking with David Hunt, and we're talking about his CD called The Earth and the Eagle, and we're featuring songs from the CD. And the second song that we're going to feature is called The Doctor. So tell us about that one. So this is, incidentally, my son's favorite song that I've ever written, to my great dismay, because he's always asking me to play it. And after a while, you know, any song will get a bit old. But I've discovered that children often like this song. The message is quite simple, but a little bit profound, because when people are thinking about religion, one of the things that they're always interested in is miraculous occurrences, miracles. That's the basis of a lot of faith in religion is based on seeing or even hearing about something happening that seems beyond the realm of human capability. And in the Baha'i faith, this is discouraged. It's not that it doesn't happen. It's not, not that miracles can't be a proof, but really they are not the real proof of the truth. And I was reading this essay on this point. It's by an early Baha'i scholar named Mirza Abu Fazl. He's got these books, and some of them have been translated into English. Uh, this one is Miracles and Metaphors. And he's got one in there, and, and the analogy that he uses is about a doctor who, as a proof of his being a doctor, says that he's going to fly around the room. All right, supposing that he does fly around the room, does that make him a good doctor, is the question. So the point of that being that just because someone can do something that you don't understand doesn't mean that you've found the ultimate truth. So this is called The Doctor. I once had a minor case of African flu, so I sent for a doctor who would know what to do. A stranger came to see me and he said he had the cure, but he had no credentials, so I wasn't too sure. He claimed he was a doctor and he knew how to fly, but no one believed him until he took to the sky. He flew up and down for everybody to see, and that's how he proved he was a doctor to me. Oh, the doctor who knew how to fly, every one of his patients somehow managed to die. I'm sure a lot of people would have seen through his lie if they weren't so impressed because the doctor could fly. 
poked and he prodded me with pieces of straw. He depressed my tongue and then he made me play ah. He took my pulse and then my temperature. He looked at it once and then again to be sure. He said I was only 66 degrees and I needed some heat or else my blood would freeze. He reached in his bag and then he drew forth the pill. He said if this one doesn't do it then another one might. Oh, the doctor who knew how to fly Every one of his patients somehow managed to die I'm sure a lot of people would have seen through his lie If they weren't so impressed because the doctor could fly I woke up feeling twice as bad the next day Relax, he said, that means it's going away I'll give you this pill, do you want purple or green? They're all from the same supermarket vending machine Every one of his patients somehow managed to die I'm sure a lot of people would have seen through his lie If they weren't so impressed because the doctor could fly Of course, there's a moral as you may have guessed Every claim must be put to a legitimate test Remember this when someone tries to prove theirs to you The flying man who couldn't cure a case of the flu the doctor who knew how to fly Every one of his patients somehow managed to die Remember this if someone tries to throw you a line It doesn't really matter if he knows how to fly So we're talking with David Hunt, musician, and he produced a CD, I guess it's been a while ago, called <laughs> The Earth and the Eagle, and we're featuring songs from that, and the next song I'd like to feature is the song called Service. So tell us about that one, David. Of all the songs that I've been privileged to write, I suppose I should say, this is my favorite in many ways and has been for a long time. I wrote this song when I was in Haifa, Israel at the Baha'i World Center. I went there as a volunteer for three and a half years. Uh, it was in uh, 1998 that I arrived. When you go there, you're not getting paid for your work there exactly. You go as a volunteer and they take care of you and whatnot and you get a small stipend for things that you do while you're there. But, but you're not getting paid. It's not a, a career move or anything like that. You're really trying to give something to the faith that you love. And there were about 700 people there, many of them youth from around the world, many different cultures and places there were people from New Caledonia and Australia and a whole bunch of different places, African countries, European, in my orientation group together. It was fabulous. And right about the time when I came, they were having a very special project that they called the Extra Year of Service. And what had happened was some of the youth had got together and decided that they wanted to give something to the Universal House of Justice. That's the, the head of the Baha'i Faith, and they're based in Haifa, Israel. And it's elected institution, and they direct the affairs of the faith around the world. So some of the youth got together. They decided they wanted to give something to the House of Justice. But when you're serving in Haifa, pretty much everything that you have already comes from the House of Justice. What could they give? Well, they decided that they would give some of their free time. And the way that, that they organized this was they had a, a month-long project where you know some of the offices and gardens and holy places there would uh, put together little jobs that anybody could perform. And then the youth would volunteer. And in their free days, which are Friday and Saturday in the, in the Holy Land, they would go to these other offices outside of their normal work 
and perform these jobs. They asked me to write a song for the closing ceremony of that, the first year that I was there. So one Friday morning, I went out to the beautiful gardens near Akka. All day, we were working to replace the paths, the little gravel paths that had been laid through this garden. And this was one of the gardens where the early Baha'i poets used to sort of hang out with Baha'u'llah and with Abdu'l-Baha. Baha'u'llah uh, being the prophet founder of the Baha'i faith and Abdu'l-Baha being his son. Yes. In these very moving kind of surroundings and doing this very simple work of replacing these paths, I hoped to be inspired by some form of song. And it turned out that I was. That was where that song came from. So this is called Service. went out on the boats in the bay just before the sun was risen so friday morning has come again and oh what a gift i've been given all my time is my own today and what else could i have chosen but to give it to you I can't give away what isn't mine And all that I have is my life and my time And the feel of a hometown where I landed The slipping away, I'll be empty-handed So all I can call these things my own Gonna give them to you In the palm of my hand So say the wise and the sages I've got nothing but I'm working God's land I've got the wealth of the ages Wear the clothing of the common man Doing the work of the angels Time flies like fine grains of sand Life is a turn of the pages And I'll give it to you Cause I can't give away what isn't mine And all that I have is my life and my time And the feel of a hometown where I landed The slipping away, I'll be empty-handed So all I can call these things my own Soon will 
we shall pass empty-handed into the hollow that is dark for those who speak no more. It's only my life till it's ended, and it's only what love demanded to give it to you. It's like giving away what isn't mine. Can I really claim my life for my time, or even the hometown where I landed? The slipping away, I'll be empty-handed. So all I can call these things my own, gonna give 'em to you. If I can call these things my own, gotta give 'em to you. Can I really call these things my own? So I'm speaking with David Hunt. Musician, and we're sharing songs from his CD called "The Earth and the Eagle." And David, I'd like to now feature the song "Grandfather." So tell us about that one. I was already recording the CD when I wrote this song, and it just happened to barely get in there.、Uh, and I'm really glad it did. My grandfather passed away while I was recording this CD, and he had been sick for a while. It was a time of many tumultuous changes in my life, and one of them was my grandfather passing away, and another was the gradual breaking up of a relationship, the gradual distancing of myself from my family. Not distancing in terms of you know I had to get away from them, but just trying to live my own life and living on my own and and so forth. So all those sort of things. Came together, they all got into this song in some ways. It's just a meditation, really, on some of the things that were going on in my life at the time. My grandfather died, and you know, my extended family are not Baha'is; they're Christians, and they have these expectations about the afterlife. And that was part of what went into the song, and how my mother was taking care of my grandfather for the last days of his life. That went into the song, and. Felt like I was standing on a crossing of the roads in my life at the time, and choosing which way to go. So all of those things kind of went into the song. So David, you said the Christian expectations of the afterlife. Is it much different from the expectations of the Baha'is regarding the afterlife? Um. Well, I mean, everybody I think has different views of of that. According to the Baha'i faith. When you die, your body returns to the earth, and your soul returns to the spiritual worlds that it comes from. And life on this planet is considered the time when those two entities are associated with each other. You can't cut open the body and find where the soul is. It's a different kind of relationship, as far as I understand.、And、it's quite mysterious.、Uh, Baha'u'llah says that. No matter how hard you try, you will never be able to discover the absolute reality of your own soul. But it's a very good thing to think about, 
and very important to think about. I love the sense that death is this transition when the parts of what make you human return to the places where they came from, the body to the earth and the soul to the spiritual world. So this is Grandfather.
So I'm speaking with David Hunt, musician, and we're featuring songs from his album, The Earth and the Eagle. And David, there's one more song that we're going to feature from that CD, and it's called O Son of Justice. So tell us about that. This is one of the hidden words of Baha'u'llah. Baha'u'llah wrote these small passages. As I understand it, it was while he was walking along the banks of a river in the city of Baghdad. And this was in mid-1800s. They're very short, and they're often set to music by Baha'is. The collection of these tiny passages are also the primary ethical work of the Baha'i faith. And these little passages are meant to be meditated on, and not only that, but also put into practice in your life. This one begins with, O Son of Justice. And we didn't put that line in the song, so I figured it had to be the title then, since we didn't put it in the song. It continues with the words of Baha'u'llah, Whither can a lover go but to the land of his beloved? And what seeker findeth rest away from his heart's desire? So this is, O Son of Justice. I'm speaking with David Hunt, a musician, and we had been featuring his songs from his CD, The Earth and the Eagle. Now, the next song we're going to feature, David, is not from that CD, but from an album called Live at Ericus. <laughs> so tell me about that. Well, a few years after The Earth and the Eagle, I needed another CD, but... Oh, it's really a long process going to a recording studio. And so I thought, well, why don't I just have a little house concert, record it live and put everything together on the CD and that'll just be it. And so that's what I did. And I did it at a good friend's house, Erica Toussaint. We did this recording and I did some very basic editing and mixing. It's not much to mix, really, on a live recording <laughs> with only a guitar and voice. 
And at the time, I would do these tours of house concerts across the country and make enough money to get from one place to the next and back home again, but not much more than that. It was a good way to spend a few years. <laughs> so I'm speaking with David Hunt, and we're featuring his music. So the song from this album, Live at Erica's, that I'd like you to talk about is called Battle Lines. Yes. I remember this so well. And it's really hard to talk about without becoming embroiled in the, the controversies of this age. It may be even more relevant right now. It's so um, funny, David. All you have to do is say the controversies of this age, and everybody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Maybe I wish they wouldn't. You yeah, know? really. I think it would not be so obvious, you know, a while yeah. ago. Yeah. So this was written right about the time of the Iraq War. My life and the conversations that I was having and the things that I was hearing about on the streets and with my friends and things seemed more highly politicized and contentious than I had ever known before in my life. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. And I wrote this song about that feeling like all anybody wants to do is fight. As a Baha'i, we're forbidden to take this path. Conflict and contention are categorically forbidden in the Baha'i faith. That is a direct quote, in fact. It's actually forbidden to contend with anyone about anything. And you have to find a better way of doing things. And there are better ways of doing things. <laughs> and I think we have not found them as a society to this day, which, which saddens me intensely. But yeah, Battle Lines was about all the lines that were being drawn between all the different people. So this is called Battle Lines. an invisible line between us It's drawn on the pictures of the sand and stones And the bottom lines of the contracts And the color of the skin and the shape of the bones And all the innocent cries for freedom Become the weapons in the wars we wage at home Because when no one can find agreement They say you better just fight to right these wrongs They tell us where to draw the battle lines In the sand and stones Armies march across these lines over other armies' bones. One day's win is only good till nighttime falls. You will fight again and lose it all. And that's why we draw the invisible lines between us. Written in the face on the TV screens with only one eye to deceive us. You get the left and the right and nothing in between. You got the black tie, the tie-dye, the baseball cap, got spotlight only shines. As long as you can criticize, it's a tug of war with a four-year rope and a million muddy hands. One false hope, they tell us where to draw the battle lines from the TV boxes. Stand your ground in the party lines at the ballot boxes. One day's win is only good till nighttime falls. You will fight again and lose it all. And that's why I draw the invisible lines around us. Written on the moment before you move, you want to change the world with your actions. Is it the love or the anger that you're listening to? Because an invisible line runs inside us. Drawn on the veins around your heart You want to tear 
tear down every evil thing Or build up something good and make a brand new start So tell me where to draw the battle line Tell me where you draw the battle lines ah, Where do you draw the battle lines So I'm talking with David Hunt, musician that produced the CD, The Earth and the Eagle, and another album called Live at Erica's, which we've been featuring songs from. And David, you mentioned another song that we're going to feature called Geodes, but I don't know where it resides, <laughs> or if it resides anywhere other than the MP3 file you emailed me. I think I put it up on Facebook or something like that a while back. I don't know. So it doesn't quite have a home yet. No, I've been meaning for some time to kind of update my site and put new songs on and so forth. And I just, you know, haven't had the time. I don't make a living off of music anymore. And, and now I have kids as well. All right. So tell me about Geodes. Oh, Geodes is one of my favorites. First of all, some people actually don't know what a geode is, I've discovered. But growing up in Indiana, it's geode country, you find these little rocks and they look completely unassuming. But if you break them open and look inside, they're filled with crystals. And the way this happens is for years and years, the water will seep through these sedimentary deposits and whatnot. And the crystalline deposits will leach out of the water. Anyway, so that's what a geode is. And so the song is a very simple metaphor or analogy, I suppose. And I don't want to ruin it by telling you what it is. But I love it. So this is called Geodes. them for a treasure lonely find them looking down a sign for one who ponders inside a stone the light of heaven is found a thousand mysteries and one Every geode waits until it's broken That's the only way that it will open Geodes 
The water flows from the mountain top. The storms, the clouds, and the grace of God. Hearts are stones made drop by drop. Hard and lonely and filled with love. Every heart must wait. Until it's broken, that's the only way that it will open. So I'm speaking with David Hunt, musician that produced the CD "The Earth and the Eagle" and another album called "Live at Erica's." Now, David, where can people find your music? Well, I have a website. It's not well maintained, but you can find my music on my website, DavidHuntMusic.com. "The Earth and the Eagle" was on iTunes a while back, and Spotify, and a couple other places. You can get it out there. I remember finding it for download free on some Russian site years ago. That was entertaining. Yeah, but probably the best place is the website, davidhuntmusic.com. And hopefully this interview will give me the push that I need to finally get some of those newer songs up on there as well. You want a uh, live recording before you go? Sure. What do you have to offer? I don't know. We could do a prayer in Spanish or uh, another hidden word. Let's go with a hidden word. All right. Stop thine ears, that thou mayest hearken unto the sweet melody of my voice. Empty thyself of all learning, that thou mayest partake of my knowledge. Sanctify thyself from riches, that thou mayst obtain a lasting share from the ocean of my eternal well. Bless. 
Blind thine eyes, that is, to all save my beauty. And stop thine ears, to all save my word. Empty thyself of all knowledge, save the knowledge of me, that with a clear vision, a pure heart, and an attentive ear, thou mayst enter the my holiness so david hunt thank you so much for sharing your music with me thanks so much I hope you enjoyed that interview with David Hunt, singer-songwriter. You can find his music on his website, davidhuntmusic.com. I'll finish the hour out with more of his music. You can find this interview and other interviews at abahaiperspective.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching for A Baha'i Perspective. For information specifically on the Baha'i faith, you can go to the website baha'i.org. Or you can call the toll-free number 1-800-22-UNITE. I hope you join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective. It was a whole new place to be Our eyes filled with wonder At all the new faces to see A couple of introductions And already you've made a friend The first moments may pass you by But the memories never end don't say goodbye as I'm just passing through Just remember this, that no matter what you do There's a piece of my heart with you Just takes a minute or two to see the power of unity. In just a couple of days, we are all one family. The 
experiences I've had will last a lifetime long. Memories string together like the notes in a nightingale song. Don't say goodbye as I'm just passing through. Just remember this, that no matter what you do, there's a piece of my heart with you. Traveling down that road Both with new days to look forward to Life's a give and take this way A little bit of me for a little of you Don't say goodbye As I'm just passing through Just remember this That no matter what you do There's a piece of my heart With you of pain. I don't want to lie awake here longer. Lord, take this soul away. Bound in the chains of darkness my mind is torn in two Sometimes I feel so helpless I guess that's halfway true Why do I get this calling? Why does my mind grow weak? My free will is not all I had it cracked up to be
Take one step, step closer into eternity. Sometimes that step seems farther than I think it should be. Cause I don't wanna hear the voice of hunger. I don't wanna see the face of pain. I don't wanna lie awake here longer. Lord, take this soul away. breath rolls like thunder, then silence falls like rain. My heart goes six feet under, my soul is free again. This is WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio station, streaming at www.valleyfreeradio.org. 